Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. We're going to spend the whole hour today talking about education, education in the city of Detroit in particular. Uh, as state lawmakers debate a $700 million bailout to avert the financial collapse of Detroit public schools, some Republicans say it's time to just get rid of the state's largest school district. All together, in a recent op-ed in the Detroit News, Republican State Representative Tim Kelly of Saginaw Township wrote, quote, We shouldn't sentence another generation of Detroit students to certain failure while selfish adults figure out ways to game the system in a new but still corrupt and failing school district. Uh, Those are very, very strong words. They invoke all kinds of ideas about what Detroit should look like, what schools and education mean in the state of Michigan. And that's where we want to start the program today. Joining me all hour today will be Chastity Pratt-Dossie, a reporter with Bridge Magazine. She joins us every Wednesday for the education segment. And now uh, it's going to be the full show today because that's all we're talking about is education. Chastity, welcome to the studio. (laughs) And joining us up first is Gary Nyert, who is director of the Great Lakes Education Project. He supports the idea of eliminating the public schools. GLEP is the main charter advocacy uh, institution here in the state of Michigan. Gary, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about why you think the idea of eliminating Detroit public schools, uh, in your in your view, would make education better in the city of Detroit. Well, one of the things we want to make sure people understand is that since this debate started a little over a year now in Lansing, there has been presented and on the table only one option for education reform in Detroit, and that has been to adopt the coalition to, uh, coalition's report, which is largely embodied in the governor's uh, wish list for Detroit and which was put into Senator Hansen's bills in the Senate. So there's been one option. And so other options have not been discussed, breaking the district into smaller pieces, charterizing the district, uh, dissolving the district. Uh, none of these other options have even been on the table. So we find it refreshing that uh, leaders in the House, the House Republicans, are at least willing to look at uh, other options and, and the disillusionment of DPS Uh, and then replacing it with an all-choice district is an option that we think is worth pursuing. It's the option that has worked in in, uh, New Orleans, and it's the uh, really one of the two options that's been used in Michigan in the four cases where a traditional school district was so academically and financially bankrupt that they needed to be bailed out by the school aid fund. In those four districts, they either became all charter or they were dissolved. And we wonder why that precedent uh, isn't being discussed as even an option uh, here in Detroit. Yeah. So, so Gary, I want to go back a ways, uh, because I know you go back a ways uh, on this issue here in the state of Michigan, as do I. I want to go back to 1994 when we were talking about the idea of charter schools here in the state of Michigan, really starting to talk about it. And there was legislation that was going to be introduced that would make it possible. And Governor John Angler, who was one of the main advocates of of having charter schools, opening up the idea of competition here uh, in the city of Detroit in particular, one of the things he said, and one of the ways that this was sold to us at the Free Press, uh, to voters around the state, was that Charter schools were going to improve education overall. They were going to uh, uh, they were going to create uh, high quality options 
for people, charter schools. But key to the argument was they're going to improve the public schools. Public education itself will be stronger, the governor said, as a result of the competition that charter schools are going to introduce uh, into the public system. In other words, that uh, public schools uh, faced with the, the, the prospect of losing their children to charter schools would up their game. They would get better. They would uh, provide more options and try to mimic some of the great high-quality things that they were seeing in charters. Fast forward 22 years, and now charter advocates are saying, you know what? Forget about the public schools. Let's close those all down, and we'll just have charter schools. Do you see a a credibility problem with that switch, that kind of 180 kind of argument? Uh, Why haven't – I mean, the first question is, why haven't – why hasn't it – Uh, turned out the way the governor and other charter advocates promised 22 years ago. Uh, And then the second question is, because it hasn't, why should we trust charter advocates like yourself now to come up with a solution that only favors charters and has no prospect for improving public schools? Well, we uh, wouldn't agree with the premise that our goal is to eliminate all traditional public education. It's certainly not the goal. The charter sector and the choice movement are a sliver of enrollment in Michigan. We're but about just the, the, the public school students. system. You want to, you're, you're now talking about the public school system. Right. We're talking about a particular district that has uh, shown itself to be so academically and financially bankrupt that it has forfeited its right to teach our children. This is one district out of uh, 850 in the state. We're not advocating the abolition of all traditional public schools, but we are advocating that we should look at what is uniquely bad happening in Detroit public schools, DPS, and that they have forfeited their right and and should be eliminated, just like Inkster, just like uh, Buena Vista, Mm -hmm. just like Muskegon Heights, and just like Highland Park. They no longer deserve the right to educate children based on their track record. But why didn't the promise of charter schools, which was that schools in Detroit, public schools in Detroit would be better, how come that didn't happen? Uh, I can tell you that that the op, the availability of choice and competition has improved the environment for uh, education in Michigan, and I'll, I'll speak from my better experience, which is here in Lansing, where I live. The Lansing Public School District would not have had. Uh, developed the alternative programs that they have, the Chinese Immersion School, the Magnet Schools. I mean, there have been many improvements to Lansing's public education district because of the existence of competition and choice. It has forced them to raise their game, and we've seen it in other parts of the state uh, as well. Uh, You have more students attending schools today that are not the geographically assigned schools under the old education monopoly that are going to traditional public schools neighboring than you have going to charter public schools. So the rise of of choice, the availability of choice and breaking the monopoly has actually benefited traditional schools uh, with higher enrollment than what we've seen in in charters. And I don't hear anyone arguing about, well, that's not Detroit. We have a great many students in Detroit who are attending traditional public schools outside the city limits. With less than I mean, half as of many the... as many that have gone to charters have gone to traditional districts uh, in other 
you know, in, in suburban areas around Detroit. So your focus is just on this this particular school district, which which for well, whatever reason— Well, our focus reason, today is on this district because the, the governor has proposed a plan to use $750 million of taxpayer money to financially bail out the district, and his recommendation is to create a mini-me DPS 2.0 that's going to be no different than the original DPS. It'll have the same teachers, the same contracts, the same buildings, the same students. Everything will be the same about the Detroit Community School except it'll have slightly less uh, debt and improved cash flow. But the There's question nothing is, in this Gary, package that says that the academic performance of students in the new DPS will be any different than it has been in the old DPS. That's no. absolutely ahead, true. But the question is here, Gary, in Detroit, the charter schools are not posting any significantly greater gains than the traditional public schools. So why eliminate the Detroit public schools in favor of charter schools, which aren't doing any better? I mean, if you look at the, the test scores and, and we're talking about t- t- state test scores, not, you know, uh, inside your school only uh, proficiency tests, but state and national tests, they're not doing significantly better than the Detroit public schools. So why eliminate the competition with Detroit public schools by eliminating Detroit public schools? Well, first, DPS has the lowest scores in the country. There's no question that they are the worst urban district in the country. And while their MEEP or MSTEP, I'm sorry, proficiency is is at 9% of the students in in DPS are proficient in all subjects, you have 15% of charter students proficient. Now, is that something to throw a parade for? No, it's not. But when you say they're not any different, they are 50% higher in proficiency than Nobody DPS. Nobody wants to send their kids 50. to a school where it's 15% but, proficient. But Gary, come on. Uh, the, well, 45,000 people are sending their kids to a school that has single-digit proficiency, hold on, hold and, and that has to stop. Hold on. Uh, I think the question here is, if you were going to close all of the public schools uh, and dissolve all of them because you say, as you say, they're they're ineffective uh, and and financially not solvent. Uh, why wouldn't you impose the same rubric on charter schools? Why wouldn't you say we have charter schools that are absolutely no better than public schools, and and on average they're only six percentage points higher? Why not uh, dissolve those? <laughs> why not dissolve those two? Why not? Why well, not we, say you know you can dissolve thing? the apparatus of the Detroit public school district and still maintain some of the very few uh, high-performing schools within the Detroit public school system they would have to be as a contract right? school, yeah, as yeah. a charter school, and, and a different kind of model. The difference is that in DPS, a third of their schools are uh, require you to apply and have a certain grade point to get in. They're selective enrollment schools. You keep talking about DPS accepting all students, but in a great uh, chunk of their schools, you have not to test third. to get in. Definitely not yeah, a third. 27 Absolutely schools in not. Detroit. 27 not. schools not have an application. You're not taking yep, a test. Have an applic- you're not yeah, but they have to test. have a certain grade point average. That's absolutely They're not They're selective true, enrollment. This is confirmed by by. Ar- Armin at uh, Excellent Schools Ooh. Detroit will be putting out the list this week. 25 schools in Detroit are selective enrollment. So once you take those, how do you compare a selective enrollment school to an open enrollment school? How do you Every compare an application in a DPS school to an application in a charter school? Detroit public schools parents will say the same thing, that charter schools cherry pick who Char- they don't want. Charter they schools must accept every student that applies up until the capacity limit of the school. Right. What we're saying is there are many, Caztec, Renaissance, Bates Academy, these are schools that the are high-performing within yeah. DPS. You They're can name them. There are not 27 of them. They would not be such I, a small percentage of... Uh, 
of uh, I will proficiency be emailing in Detroit you today. if that were true. I will email both of you right after the show the you don't list have to of the email schools me. I've done this that for 15 years. I know this. That are application schools. You then, must have a... If there's, if you have there's a grade only point 100 schools, Gary. If they're 27 that's in their right. application, they wouldn't be such there a small are. proficiency rate in Detroit. Chastity, I'd be happy to send it to you. <laughs> Please do. Uh, you have <laughs> schools that require a certain grade point average to get in. Gary, there's a... DPS yeah. schools, and there's no such requirement in the charter sector. Here's right. the thing, though. Let me ask this question. Who asked Detroit parents whether they wanted their school district dissolved? Do I do this to Detroit parents instead of with them? And, and what makes you think that they want all charter schools in the city of Detroit? I think they want quality. Did they tell you options. that? How do you know? I think they tell you. I think they tell you by speaking with their feet. I mean, one hundred eighty thousand students down to forty six thousand students. Uh, three out of four students have left the district. Well, but also, Gary, I mean, last year you pointed out that we had a really broad coalition of stakeholders here in the city of Detroit. I mean, probably the broadest coalition I've seen come together and talk for a long time about what was going on in the system, what the fixes might be, and what the way forward was. And those were people who have all have a stake, have an actual stake and interest in the city of Detroit and in education in Detroit. Uh, they take that plan to the governor, who's the elected representative of all of us here in the state of Michigan, and they say, look, this is what we think is the way forward. I guess the question uh, to you would be, why should the charter lobby, uh, which which does not have that stake and has not participated in that process, why should you be able to come in at the last minute uh, and say, well, let's just do the exact opposite of what all of these other interests have said they want to do. Well, it wouldn't be fair to say we're coming at the last minute. We've been actively engaged in this debate since the, the well, governor said announced that, this was that he the was only, putting together a plan. You said this was the only plan that they've been talking about and that you're it's now... It's the only plan that the has been drafted into legislation but by, it was drafted by, by the governor. But it was drafted by well, that dra- broad coalition, right? I, I mean, it, it, who was not at that table, right? Everyone was at that table. And they come up, this is the plan they come up with. Now you say that you want to do something different. Why, what credibility do you have offering that, that kind of plan without, without having participated in, in that process? Well, we weren't uh, selected to be part of the coalition to save DPS, and that's entirely the job of this coalition and this governor and this, the Hanson legislation the the Senate, is to preserve the traditional district in Detroit at the expense of everything else. That is their goal. And if they were only talking about the financial bailout of DPS with our tax dollars and creating a new district that would try to compete to perform to earn students, that would be one thing. But they have statutorily required the DEC to serve the interests of the traditional district at the expense of charter public schools. The goal of the DEC is to corral and force students into traditional district schools at the expense of charters. Actually, that's what it is. Well, that's what Dan second. Varner Every, has testified would happen. And that's clearly the goal. Even if that is true, every other major city except New Orleans maybe has a public school district. And, and people well, have not said in Detroit, please get rid of my public school district. They've not said that. I, I think parents have said, I want to put my 
child in a school where they're learning and they where they're go, safe they, they, and where they come home charter every day. schools also I, I, suffer from trends uh, from mobility rates that are just as bad as Detroit public schools they constantly are recruiting because kids are coming and going in those schools as well parents are desperately in search of good quality schools and they're not finding that either in the public schools or the charter schools in and around the city of Detroit and this we don't think that the uh, a new system that props up the traditional district and limits and choice is going to and limits innovation and bans new operators from right. coming in for the next so, 10 years is the answer uh, by a long shot yeah so 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 gary i uh, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to break and and move on to the next segment, i thought we but, had the whole hour <laughs> well Steven. we do but you don't have the whole hour we have other voices that we want to add to the to the conversation uh, my last question is about the, the the role that charters play in this process i mean uh, you represent uh, the charter school lobby which is a very heavily financed uh, interest group that lobbies on behalf of a specific kind of schools uh, here in the city of Detroit and and throughout the state of Michigan. Why uh, why should parents in Detroit trust that that lobby has their best interest, their kids' best interest in mind, given that the track record, we all agree, uh, of charter schools over the last 22 years has not been what we were sold. We, it was not has not been what we told we were told it would be. We can argue about uh, uh, the sort of finer points of that, and I, I will grant you that there are there are some outstanding charter schools here in the city of Detroit. There are also, of course, some very bad uh, charter schools. But what's the what's the uh, let's get back to this credibility question? Why should parents in Detroit trust that you, uh, as an advocate whose primary interest is uh, propping up, as you uh, accuse the coalition of doing with Detroit public schools, of propping up uh, a system of schools that that you uh, uh, spend a lot of money advocating with legislators and other people for? What's the what's the trust that you have with Detroit parents? I'm going to go back just to the failing schools question, then I'll ask, answer that one. But we propose closing the bottom performing 30 schools in Detroit, no matter what their governance is. Okay. John Ricolta has said we're going to close 25 schools immediately. We agree. By any measure, the vast majority of the schools will be closed, no matter how you slice the data, will be DPS schools and not charter public schools because failing charters have been closed. But back to the credibility issue, we represent the the system of schools and choice that over 50% of Detroiters uh, already choose. So you you didn't see anyone from the charter lobby uh, sitting on this coalition, but you do have the the teachers union president as a co-chair. So we are outspent more than 10 to 1 by lobbyists and teachers unions who are here to defend their school system and defend the status quo and to minimize choice. So we are a minority by a long shot in this education but I guess debate. My, but my but we have a was, majority of the students in Detroit, so why shouldn't about, we be at the table? Yeah, my question was about the credibility. Why, why should we trust that charters will deliver better or more than what they have before if we get rid of the, tr- of the public schools? You promised 22 years ago a certain outcome that we don't have. Why, what, what will be different this time? I think it's safe to say that the Detroit charter schools that are in operation are performing 
50% more proficient than the DPS schools. That's good Why enough. Why do you say but 85 that, that's it's not good enough? It's not good enough, but it's better. But you guys keep saying no. they don't that's perform better. That's better than very, very, very bad. you're ignoring the data. You're ignoring the data that says that charters have higher proficiency. Gary, hold on a second. Yes. What I'm asking is why should we trust that it will get better? You, by your own measure, say that 85% of the kids in charter schools are not performing up, up, up to snuff. 85%. That's not what you promised 22 years ago. My question is, if we were to get rid of the Detroit public schools now, when are we going to get the promise? Open pers- up all yeah. of the uh, all, to all charter. When does that 85 percent get down to 50 percent? When does it get down to 20 percent or 10 percent? When is the promise realized? What's, what's different about what you? <laughs> well, going I can to guarantee do? you, if you eliminate the sector that's at 15 uh, percent proficiency and you expand the sector that's at nine percent, well, no one's talking about getting. You are guaranteeing that the performance of Detroit students in the future will get worse, but that's not, not better. That's so not. So we're a, arguing that it would get better if you. Gary, that's that not an answer. answer. It's not an answer to how you it's will get from 85% down to 50. That's the question I asked. Well, what I are you going to do that's instant- different? What are we going to do that's different? We're going to give students what they need, more time on task, a longer school day, a longer but school you've had year, more years individualized to do intention. You've had 22 we're years gonna, to do that, and you've got 15%. So why, why and, do we trust you? Why do we trust you do better? DPS by 50%. Okay. Why do you, you granted, keep saying it? Granted. Granted, granted grant so the that. better system is the one we should limit, and okay. the weaker system is the one we should promote. And the reason we support a system that no child has ever been forced or assigned into a charter public school. You want to promote a system where people must go that the government knows better and will assign students to schools based on their address and zip code. I think that's been going on for 150 years, and that's led us to the situation we have today. DPS, if DPS has an F, you guys have an F plus. How is that any different or better for? What's the? I mean, why should Detroit parents want either of those? Let's not talk about what we have now. Again, the the argument. Why has no one then said, "Why don't we start with a clean sheet of paper and what would we really do?" The only option put out there by the defenders of the status quo and the political elite has been how can we resurrect DPS with a new name yeah. and have the state, other state taxpayers pay off their debt. Okay. Well, that's a, I mean, it's a legitimate criticism of DPS. Gary, I don't think you gave me an answer to the question about how you will do better in the future, but we will have you back on the show uh, to talk more about that at another time. I'm sorry we're out of, uh, of time for the segment. Gary Nairt, a director of the Great Lakes Education Project, I want to thank you very much for being here. And thank you for the today. lively conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we're going to talk with the editor-in-chief of nextcity.org about New Orleans students, uh, how they have fared with that city's all-charter district, and we're going to hear from a former Detroiter who teaches in New Orleans about what that's like. And stay with us on the phone, Dave in Dearborn, Peter in Detroit, Judy in Detroit. We will get to you. 313-577-1019 is the number. Stay with us on Detroit Today. News. Arts. Community. Detroit. This is 1019 WDET Detroit. A different kind of public radio. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for being here. We are talking all 
hour today about education, specifically education in the city of Detroit, where some lawmakers say we should get rid of the Detroit public schools and go to maybe an all-charter system as a way of improving outcomes. Joining me all hour today is Chastity Pratt-Dossie, a reporter with Bridge Magazine. She normally joins us on Wednesdays to talk education. Since we're talking education the whole hour, she's with us the whole hour. Uh, And I also want to talk now about Detroit and New Orleans. Those are two cities that have a lot of similarities, a French heritage, deeply identified with music, large populations of African Americans, rampant poverty, blight, and segregation. New Orleans also struggles to find a viable solution to struggling public education systems. Uh, The southern city went to an all-charter model a few years ago with mixed results. Can an all-charter model truly work for a city? What are the benefits and costs of dissolving the traditional public schools? And what recourse is there for the kids and parents who end up in charters that are poorly run? Joining us to talk about that is Ariella Cohen, who is the editor-in-chief of NextCity.org. Ariella, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Great Hi. to be with you. Yes. Uh, thank you for being back with us on Detroit today. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in New Orleans and uh, how well it's working from sort of an outside uh, perspective. You hear a lot of things from people in New Orleans on both sides of this talking about it being uh, the best thing that's ever happened or the worst thing that's ever happened to public education in the city. Uh, you are in Philadelphia but lived in New Orleans for several years, so I feel like you have a really uh, different kind of perspective that you can offer on what's going on there? Well, so first of all, though New Orleans is often built as an all-charter city, I think it's important to note that there are still a handful of non-charter schools in operation. Okay. There's still, a, still, there's still a traditional the district, school. right? There's still a traditional district. There's still a traditional public school district, but it only has, what, like 10 or 12 schools in it? Yeah, exactly. So more than 90% of New Orleans students attend charters, but there still is a district in operation. Okay, okay. Um, And so I think you're right to say it's a mix and there's strong emotions on all sides. You know, and what the testing shows and and what people's experiencing shows is that there's been significant benefits in some ways. Most importantly, schools have more resources because of the influx of, of all the attention and the new players. I mean, Oprah Winfrey and Mark Zuckerberg have given millions to charters, but no one was sort of opening their wallet to the school system before the takeover. So there's a lot more resources, and that's been great for students. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's been questions about whether or not the charters have really taken care of some of the neediest students at large lawsuits over special needs, Still contentions, even after that was settled, that the charters aren't doing enough for students, um, the more difficult students that end up bouncing around from school to school. And and overall, uh, do you feel like parents in New Orleans feel like they have the control that they would want over uh, their, their their kids' education uh, with with these charter schools, uh, or, had, or is there a sense of of loss there? Well, I think no system is is perfect, and parents often often get lost no matter what the system is because of the scale of the system. So if your kid ends up in a poorly run charter, the system of choice can work with you as long as there is space available in a better run school. You can always move your kid to a different charter, but that charter has to have space available. And unlike in a 
in a traditional school district where if you live in, in the district or in the particular zone for the school, the school has to accept you. Charters do not need to take every student. So I think parents that have the navi- have the tools and the resources to navigate the system do it and feel like they're in control. But, of course, there are parents that don't have those resources, that don't have those tools, and, and end up unable to navigate. Ariella, could you talk to us? Um, you know, we're here in Detroit, and we are having, you know, <laughs> controversies and all kinds of situations of our own and don't really always have the time and, and wherewithal to look across the nation at what's going on. Could you tell us a little more about the, the results, the mixed results that have occurred since this um, charterization of um, most of New Orleans schools? How, how do they compare to uh, other schools in the state or what they even used to be? So graduation rates and test scores have gone up, but the testing, the measurement tools have changed quite a bit. So it's very difficult to do apples to apples comparison. And then, as I mentioned, there has been concerns um, and a lawsuit over allegations that that the more difficult students that brought down the test scores and the graduation rates have been counseled out of the district. So, you know, I think that it's, there have been there have been wins for students. Um, many of the schools, like I said, have more resources, but um, it's very difficult to say that that's because of the fact that they're charters, or just the fact that there's a great amount of change that happens. Sure, sure. Many of charter schools have failed, just like I heard you mention in Detroit. There have been many charters in New Orleans that have closed. Um, and then in terms of like the overall. Um, cost-benefit analysis. Many career teachers lost their jobs. The union lost uh, much of its power, which was destabilizing for families and and for the city's sort of political order. And schools are just as segregated. So... Those are some of those are some of the right the um, challenges. Talk briefly about what the remaining public schools are like. Uh, you said ten percent uh, of the kids still are in these these traditional public schools. What's what is what's life like there? Are those kids who just could not get to charters? Are these the families that you talk about that that don't really have? Uh, the resources, of the, the, the wherewithal to get their kids into charters? Or are those the magnet schools? Right, there's a range. Some of the public schools that remained are the, are the best-performing schools. Okay. Are the and then there are public schools that are certainly, have sort of uh, created themselves as more premium options um, with really intentional hiring practices and um, sort of strategies around education. And then there are certainly public schools that end up as schools of last resort for students. Um, And then there are also charter schools that have stepped in to uh, fill the gaps. One school that opened a couple years ago is called the NET. And the NET takes on students that have been unable to thrive at other charter schools or traditional schools. And so these are older students, students up to, I think, 21 or so that um, just haven't been able to graduate in a charter or traditional public school. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I want to welcome someone else uh, to this conversation. Uh, Katie Carey is a special education teacher at Walter L. Cohen High School, a New Orleans charter school. She's a former Detroiter who worked for Macomb Intermediate School District, and uh, she is here to talk about the differences between uh, district-wide special ed and one limited to a single uh, charter. Katie, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, what's the what's the difference uh, between what you saw here in the state of Michigan and what you're seeing down there in New Orleans? Well, the most marked difference that I've seen is when I was working in Macomb Intermediate School District, I saw um, really a model of what district-wide special education programs can be. Um, we had self-contained schools for students with more severe needs, so. Um, children with, uh, say, severe autism would attend a school that specialized for them, had um, sensory rooms and different resources that are really proven to be effective um, for those students with that type of severe need um, versus what we see in charter schools where that level of specialization isn't necessarily possible. Yeah. Um, instead of operating on a district-wide model where you can pool resources and really be intentional about um, the type of education you're providing. A lot of charter schools struggle to meet the needs of those students with more severe. So what ends um, up happening with those students? Well, my school that I work at actually does a really good job. We have four teachers who um, teach self-contained special education. Um, but within that, I teach eighth and ninth grade, so I have a very wide variety of needs in my classroom. So I'll um, educate students with very severe autism um, all the way up to students with like a mild cognitive impairment that's just a little too severe for them to be successful in the gen ed classroom. So within that, my classroom, as much as it can be designed to meet their needs, um, it, we could be doing a lot better. Like if we had enough students in our school who had severe autism, we could have a classroom specialized to target all of their needs versus um, stretching ourselves thin, trying to meet their needs. And like I said, we're actually a very good example of it. There's other schools that I know of, schools my students have attended, where um, they were put into inclusion, meaning they went to the gen ed classes and had maybe an hour with their special education teacher, but um, they were sitting and coloring for the majority of the day or just sitting and not being educated. Does that uh, sort of system uh, result in teachers maybe having to stretch themselves in a way to, to treat or to educate kids they might not necessarily have the, the strengths or the training to treat, I mean, to teach? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I struggle in my own classroom, like I said, to meet the needs of my children. Um, I can't imagine having 25 to 30 kids in that room and then throwing in a couple of others who have very severe needs. Yeah. And they may or may not have a paraprofessional present to help them yeah. access the curriculum. Uh, let's let's take a couple of phone calls here. We've got lots of calls <clears throat> waiting on the line to join this conversation. Dave in Dearborn. Uh, Dave, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you. Uh -huh. um, I was just calling because I, um, from what I've read before, it seems that uh, charter schools kind of, uh, it seems they drain money from the public school systems and make budgeting more unpredictable for the schools because they never know how many students they're going to have. And I believe it introduces a lot of uh, uncertainty into the budgeting process that makes it harder to manage the public schools. Um, 
just was wondering what you thought on that. Yeah, uh, thank you very much uh, for that call, uh, Dave. Uh, Ariella Cohen, I'm wondering, is that one of the things that uh, that's that we're seeing in in New Orleans as well? I, my understanding is that it's set up a little differently there, right? Yeah, I mean, forgive me, I'm less familiar with the specifics of there now. There's been some reforms, but the money goes with each student, so there is some unpredictability as uh-huh. the caller knows how many students will end up in the district or at school. Um, so, yeah, I think it does make planning difficult, and I think that there's also just this disparity of resources in general. Charters have access to pool the money that, traditional public schools don't, and then this creates this unequal playing field for students. Right, right. Uh, let's go to Peter in Detroit. Peter, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen, and uh, uh, say hi to all your guests. Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm, I'm really glad you didn't put me on when Captain Duplicity was on. Because <laughs> Are you the, talking about Gary Nayert? <laughs> the, the, the man is an absolute liar, Stephen. Everything he was saying was, was based on complete fabrications. Here's the thing. The, char- the entire charter school model is a flawed model from its very core. The idea that competition is going to make one school better is based on uh, 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 what you're looking at at private industry, but schools aren't industry. Here's the thing. If you say that this school is failing, school A is failing, so we are going to give people the option of pulling their kids out of school A and send them to school B, C, and D. The, kid, the, the, the smart parents do that, but the, the, the parents who don't have the resources, maybe they don't have the money to drive their kids to school, they're left at what you admitted was a failing school. Right. And so it is an absolute leave the With less money. Model. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, so, it, so, and you know it's a failing school. It's going to do nothing but get worse. And, and the, the charter school model has no solution for that because it is... It, the, but, the, Peter, the, but Peter, now that we're in the situation that we're in, do you think, I mean, what do you think is the solution? I mean, you can't just go close all of the charter schools any easier than you could close the public schools. What's the way to make this work for everybody? Well, actually, you could do that. See, here's the thing. The charter school model is based on eliminating the Detroit public schools. They already said that. And then you get a lobbyist who works for for-profit entities who, said, who all but said black people with a capital N don't deserve. They've forfeited the right to educate children. Who, who put him in charge of that? Well, I tried That's to ask him that question. What they're here to do is take over the public schools, turn them into a for-profit entity. Yeah, close them. If you if you think that that all the money that you're putting into charter schools is worth it, then put that into the public schools and fix them and see what happens. All right, yeah. Peter. Peter, thank you as always for uh, calling in and, and sharing your thoughts. Uh, I want to thank Ariella Cohen, who's the editor in chief of NextCity.org, and Katie Carey, who is a teacher at uh, at Walter L. Cohen High School in New Orleans. Uh, thank you both for being here on Detroit today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with State Superintendent Brian Weston, who's going to talk about DPS reforms and education across the state of Michigan. Stay with us here on Detroit Today. <laughs> 